Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the exciting science behind HRV and how you can apply it to your own health and the work that you do. Just a note, this podcast does not replace medical advice, and if you're going to apply this to your own life or others, please consult with a medical provider. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another version or another episode, excuse me, of the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. Uh, this is Jeff here with my partner in crime, Matt Bennett. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Matt. How are you? Good. How are you doing, my friend? Good. I'm sorry. I'm starting to lose track on which episode it is. So uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop including that information. I think we're on 13. I think 13? lucky number 13. So, Which is great because there's people yes. out there like in the thousands and I'm already. Yeah, I know. 13, well, we're working so. up to Joe Rogan. He had to start yeah. somewhere too. So uh, that's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right. Um, <laughs> well, it's good to be back, man. Um, yeah. I'm excited by the topic today because I think there's a lot, a lot for me to learn. And, and frankly, even after reading the book, I think there's still a lot to learn. Yeah. And, and you, you bring it up quite a bit. Um, in the book, but you know, for me, getting your perspective on mindfulness and, and exactly what that means and how it applies to HRV, I think, is going to be really important for folks. And I, Matt, and I were talking before this for for all the folks listening. You know, for me, I'm really excited to to hear what he has to say because mindfulness. While I, I think I generally understand, I mean, I know I generally understand what mindfulness means. I've never really heard a definition, and I've never really heard you know, exactly what is mindfulness. When say people practice mindfulness, it's like, okay, I understand that that's going to be helpful. What does that really mean exactly, <laughs> you know? And so I'm, I'm, I really want to get you, and even reading, reading the book that popped into my head yeah. and working with you on the book that popped into my head a number of times. And I'm guessing there are a lot of folks out there like me who are familiar with the term, but don't really know how to define it. And so yeah. maybe let's start with that, Matt. Maybe you can start with defining what mindfulness is to you. And we can take it sort of from there and apply it to our, our HRV world. Great. So I like to break it down into two aspects. And uh, let me uh, throw out an analogy there that, that I know will, will uh, help enlighten uh, my, my, the fellow sports fans out there. Um, <laughs> so when I, I played college basketball, you know, oh, wow, big brag. At Lindsey Wilson College, just in case you think I was too big for, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, did, I didn't realize I was going to get all high and mighty on you from the Lindsey Wilson Blue Raiders. Anyway. You could have left uh, it out. People would have thought Duke, Kentucky. I know. I know. She just went with it. Yeah. Who's Lindsay Wilson? It's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's the niece of somebody rich. Yeah, uh, that's right. It's your point that's guard. That's about right? all we got told in school, too. <laughs> uh, so, we, but when I was, you know, practicing to be basketball, you know, one of the things that's a part of every basketball practice a part, part of every workout that I did uh, for basketball was to practice free throws. And I want to build upon that analogy with mindfulness because I didn't, and this is, this is kind of my thinking on mindfulness. So I'll just throw that out there ahead of time. But, you know, there's one thing to practice free throws, but not really too many people get thrilled to practice free throw shooting, right? And it's just something you do, but you practice free throws. You shoot hundreds and hundreds and thousands of free throws. So when you're in the game and you're under pressure, you have built up the skills and the confidence to perform your best. 
So when, when I think of mindfulness, let's just start by breaking it down into two parts. One is to me, the practice of mindfulness and two is really the skill of mindfulness. So, so let's first talk about practice. Let's make sure I do a good job defining it. We know through a whole bunch of research because mindfulness is everywhere now, is that when we focus on something, now this is key because some people will say, you know, oh, I go walk the book and I listen, to, or I go walk and I listen to an audiobook. that's mindfulness. Uh, I, I would probably not go there with you. If it's relaxing for you, great. I, I love, I'll go on a walk this afternoon, throw on a podcast, walk my dogs. It's great on a lot. We talked about movement last week. Um, but mindfulness is really focusing your attention on one thing. So this could be probably most famously is your breathing. And we'll, we'll talk about the connection between that and heart rate variability as we go on. Um, another example would be yoga pose. Now, sometimes in my wife's yoga class, they, they had like this one class where it was like Justin Bieber versus <laughs> Kelly Clarkston. I, I don't even know if I, I, I've never listened to any of their music, but like there was this like, battle going on during that's not like mindfulness either right you know when when we talk about mindfulness as a yoga practice it's holding the pose focusing on the pose and your breathing during the pose so your mind is focused now you can actually do a walking mindfulness meditation but you're focused on walking you're focused on being present in that um, that's where the audiobook will kind of take you off uh, you know, not necessarily in that mindfulness state. It's okay. It's still relaxing. You know, it's still like practicing your dribbling. It's just not shooting free throws and practicing mindfulness. Um, so we're looking at a very simple definition of mindfulness is where all of our attention is focused on one or two things. And if it's more than one thing, it's highly interrelated. It's like a yoga pose where you're also focusing on your breathing, a Tai Chi movement where you're also uh, focused on your breath. Um, those sort of things, a guided meditation where you might be, it might be helping you focus on your breath, but it's guiding you through a mantra or something like that. So, so a mindfulness practice, and I think when mindfulness gets watered down, we miss this. Uh, so I, I go, I'm pretty, we have to be careful. We just don't call everything mindfulness or it won't be worth anything anymore. Right. But it's time you set aside every day where you're just focusing on something like your breath, something like a movement. I mean, you could do it while you're showering, but you're just you're in the moment focusing on that. Doing the dishes, you can be mindful doing the dishes because all you're doing is focus. Now, if the TV's in the background, your kids are yelling and your dog's barking, not, not going to be a mindful practice. So, so to break it down really simply, but I want to be a little hardcore about it, is you're there in the moment focusing on one thing. So to me, that is what mindfulness practice is, sort of like you know, the practicing of free throws. You're focusing on one aspect of the game. Um, usually do it in repetition. Now, we know that mindfulness practice 
Um, you know, and, and I really challenge people, see if you can set aside 10 minutes of the day. And I'll be honest with you. It's like practicing free throws for me. The analogy works. I never like practicing free throws. You know, it's just like, oh, you got to practice free throws. And I, I practice for 20 minutes in the morning because while well, if you've never done it, don't start with 20 minutes unless you're like just, you know, so calm and zen you will be bored out of your gourd. So, you know, 10 minutes might be 150 deep breaths. All you gotta do is focus on your breathing. Um, those sort of things. So time set aside where you can have that, those moments of focus, again, on your breath, on a yoga pose. I love, you know, Tai Chi and some of the Chinese uh, movement sort of martial arts where you have these sets that you do um, because you're really focused on your movement, your breath. I'm not a very flexible guy, so <laughs> yoga has never been my thing. But man, if I can throw some punches and a kick into my mindfulness, you know, <laughs> hey, the 13-year-old kid that lives inside of me is just a little 20 happy. minutes doesn't seem so long. It so, does. So, you know, for somebody who hasn't accept, adopted this practice yet, <clears throat> um, you, know, you say focus on one thing which is helpful. Yeah. What's going through your head? What, 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 you know, what does that mean? Focus is a, is an interesting word. It's another word yeah. that's sort of got a, a definition can be different from one person to the next. Right. So, so let's, let's do the hypothetical first. So let's just say we're doing something very simple. Like, so if you're not doing anything right now, um, you know, as far as mindfulness, there's nothing you need to buy. There's really, I mean, there's a lot of guided meditation, yoga classes, but let's just, let's just kind of use a simple example of focusing on your breathing. So one of the things that I, there's two, we'll, we'll talk about different one, but let's just say you're going to inhale for 10, exhale for 10. And really what you want to do is focus all your attention on the inhale and the exhale. Now, in reality, your mind will go back to something somebody said to you in second grade that you haven't thought about for two and a half <laughs> decades. And, and then if you got my brain, you like want to psychoanalyze, why did what so-and-so said to me, why, why is this popping into my head? But here, especially for the beginners out here, because we're talking about when we focus on take time where we're utilizing the prefrontal cortex especially the emotional regulation um, uh, component of the prefrontal cortex. Uh, prefrontal cortex problem solving, future thinking, but also really important for emotional regulation. So when we practice mindfulness, we're really exercising the part of our brain connected with our mental emotional health. And so it's like, I practice free throws because every time I repeated that, I knew I was building muscle memory. I was building the parts of my biology and my mind that would allow me to shoot free throws when I needed them in the game. When we practice mindfulness, again, even if it's just 10 minutes focusing on breath, focusing on the yoga pose, uh, focusing on the steps you take during a walk where you might just have relaxing music on, if anything, in the background, that focus really, again, brings the part of your neurobiology, the ventral vagal nerve, if you're in polyvagal autonomic system, prefrontal cortex in your brain online. And so it gives you a chance to build and strengthen those parts of your neurobiology. Makes sense. Okay. Then let me That's throw good. one more thing in there for the newbies out there. 
you can't be bad at mindfulness. This this actually really helped me because I even though you can't be bad at mindfulness, if anybody was technically bad at mindfulness, it would be me. You know me well enough. This thing just goes in all kinds of crazy directions. Uh, I got a text from you guys the other night, like there's going to be a Matrix Four out. Like, how do I focus knowing there's a Matrix Four out there? Is it going to be the worst movie ever? Is it going to be really get the first two, bring that spirit back? Like, how do I focus on anything else except you know Matrix Four? Um, so what happens though, and this is really good for the beginners out there, is let's say you take me up on the 10 minutes and you're doing in for 10, out for 10. Now your mind's going to wander, right? So you start to think about, okay, Matrix 4, but Neo died. So what's, is anybody still alive? I had to think about, are there characters still alive at the end of the Matrix? And so what happens is I start to like go off on my Matrix thought, but I catch myself. And I bring my attention back to my breath. And that's where we really, especially early on in our practice, and I'll, I've been practicing for 10 years now. This is, I'm still working on this every day. You catch yourself, you bring yourself back. You catch yourself. It's like doing curls in the gym. You catch yourself because you will stray. You bring yourself back. And that is where we get the big benefits of mindfulness, especially early on in our practice. And honestly, 10 years in, I'm still early on in, in my practice. Well, that's super helpful. I mean, that. so, you know, you talked a little bit about the biology behind it. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously those terms should resonate for folks who've been uh, listening to the other episodes of the podcast. Um, talk a little bit about the importance of it from a biological standpoint and how that relates to HRV. Absolutely. So, so let, let's, I'm going to get a little bit into the weeds here, but there's some good stuff here. So, so, so hang with us. Um, so, so there's a couple different kinds of really simple breathing exercises you can do. And really you can design this uh, based on how you're feeling in the moment. So there's one and, and uh, it's called coherence breathing. It's uh, there's some folks called heart math who have done some research on this makes, makes total sense. So, Every time, and we've talked about this, but just a quick review, every time we inhale, we activate the sympathetic nervous system, known for the fight or flight response, but it's always on and it gives us the energy we need to be successful in our day. Every time we exhale, we activate the ventral vagal nerve. And so what happens when we inhale, our heart rate goes up. Um, this is also called uh, respiratory, respiratory sinus arrhythmia. Every time we breathe in, the sympathetic's activated, our heart rate goes up. Every time we exhale, the parasympathetic or ventral vagal puts a break on that uh, escalation of heart rate and it slows the heart rate down. So when we see a good heart rate variability score, what we know is we have our biology and our, our brains have the flexibility to handle or recover from stress. That, that's where the heart rate variability, the more variability, the more our biology has the flexibility to really handle stress in our environment. So at the beginning of the workday, when I practice mindfulness, I don't really wanna be in a relaxed state. Now, I don't wanna be anxious, but in the morning, anxiety is usually not the thing that I'm really struggling with. I, I'm just trying to get the, get ready to give my best to whatever I have to do during the day. So I will do coherent breathing, which is an equal inhale and exhale. 
So I, I usually, my, my rhythm is 10 in and 10 out. And what this does is it gives, the, it gives a good balance to the sympathetic and parasympathetic response. I'll throw in a little something, I'll admit that I have a nice strong glass of Herba Mate tea. Um, stay tuned for the diet one, it's coming. Um, so so I've, I've got a little bit more sympathetic activation because caffeine kind of causes that stress. I find that the, the coherent breathing really allows me to have a lot of energy to really then tackle what's on my plate. Now, if you're feeling a little anxious, uh, respiratory sinus arrhythmia also gives us a really good skill for this as well is that if we exhale at a longer uh, uh, span of time than our inhale, so let's, instead of 10 and 10 for a coherent breathing, where we really balance those two aspects of our nervous system. So yeah, we're emotionally regulated, but we're maximizing the energy we have for our task, is the longer exhale puts that brake on. It's just like uh, pushing down on the brake in your car a little bit more, and it'll slow that sympathetic. So if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling, um, if you're ruminating on something, if you're angry about something, that longer exhale will actually activate the parts of the brain and the, the autonomic nervous system uh, that promotes calm and, and relaxation. So a few other kind of biohacks with this. Um, here's one thing I screwed up, Jeff. You know, when you screw up breathing, like, oh man, like I, I've been told I do a lot of things wrong in my life, but I was like breathing wrong. And, and for our audience, you can kind of check this in yourself because I was breathing into my chest. So every time I inhaled, my chest went out. And we actually are kind of conditioned to do this in our Western culture, whether you're a guy, gal, whatever, most everybody wants that just to stick out. So, so we've been sort of programmed on the inhale, we breathe in, and that's actually not healthy for us. Um, um, what we wanna do is breathe in and our stomach goes out. It's called belly breathing. Um, this activates other parts of our parasympathetic system, which can help us with calm as well. So on the inhale, the stomach extends, on the exhale, the stomach goes in. Now, after doing this in my mindful practice for probably about three months, it became the normal way that I breathe. And there's a whole lot of health benefits to actually breathing the right way. So again, that two to one breath, if you're feeling anxious, if you want to kind of, you know, disconnect maybe after work, if you had a stressful day, just breathe into your belly and you'll get a, another little boost from that as well. That's very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, the little things that you think are just innate, there's still breathing. more to be learned. Yep, I know? was breathing wrong. <laughs> we all are. It's not just you. I mean, I don't know anybody that thinks to purposely distend their belly when they're breathing so that they yeah. can activate different parts of their biology, right? Yeah. So talk about HRV and all this. Great. I and mean, I think it's very yeah. obvious to a lot of people who've been following the podcast, but there's probably some folks, maybe this is the first time listening, maybe they've only listened to the last couple um, and, and sort of help cement the relationship between all this stuff together absolutely so so the simple simple answer is the higher your hrv the better mindfulness practice now i'm going to use that word pretty hardcore here where you set aside time during the day to like i did with practicing free throws to actually be focusing on your breath focusing on the yoga pose that improves hrv over time 
what we're what we're seeing when we're stressed out, we have less activation in the prefrontal cortex. We have more sympathetic and less ventral vagal activation. All those things are going to lower your HRV because you're you're just carrying around more stress. So what what a mindfulness practice is going to give you is the ability to help regulate your nervous system to be more resilient to stress, uh, to manage hardships and not get overwhelmed, not get sympathetically aroused or shut down that kind of dorsal vagal uh, response that we've talked about. So really what it does is it really helps build the parts of your biology that, and again, this is the theme, if you've read the book, you heard this a million times throughout the book, really supports uh, not just emotional health, but also cognitive health. Um, people that practice mindfulness have larger prefrontal cortex, which, yeah, it's great for emotional regulation, but also great for problem solving as well. Obviously, having less stress is going to make you healthy medically, too, and also socially. Uh, my wife, uh, she pisses me off when she does this because I think it's really passive aggressive. But if she gets home and I'm just kind of in a blah mood, she won't say, why are you in a blah mood? She'll just go, did you meditate this afternoon? And I just like <laughs> roll my eyes and I stomp upstairs and I sit and breathe for a little bit and I'm in a better mood. So she's right. <laughs> but, but it also helps our relationships um, as well. We're more compassionate. We're more empathetic. Uh, we're more patient uh, with folks. So, so here's the, the second part of the free throw analogy, Jeff, is I practice mindfulness every day. I will admit at the beginning of my practice, I, the last thing I want to do is sit on my butt and breathe. Um, but I'm always happy I do it. And I've actually sort of tracked with the tag uh, feature. I've, I've been able to track that I can boost depending on the day. It does vary. But uh, I can increase my HRV and uh, by about 20% pre-post. Uh, so my post reading is about... Um, uh, up to 20% better than my pre-mindfulness uh, reading. That's, that's so, so I, yeah, so I've really that's, found a way, a especially if I'm tired, you know, I found a way to give myself that extra boost of energy. But what I really see this is when I'm in a stressful scenario now, and the mindfulness, that practice, that practicing free throws has done a few things when I'm quote unquote kind of in the game of life. One is I found find I catch myself getting stressed out uh, much quicker than I used to. Um, not that I was all, ever, well, I did have an anger control problem. That's why I couldn't play tennis, but that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I needed somebody to like push up against, uh, but, but that's, like I said, that, 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 that's a different podcast. Um, you don't mind taking one technical foul if you needed to elbow somebody. Yeah, I, well, be proud. <laughs> Never a technical foul. I just needed some release though. Uh, tennis, tennis was too, too much for me in high school, but so, so what happens is I catch myself getting stressed out. And, but the good thing, and this is kind of like shooting free throws in the game when it's on the line, is after doing this for several years now, but it doesn't take years to get to this. I actually found, I, I found this out about six months in by accident, is I get really stressed out when I'm running late to things. I, I don't know what happened to me in a former life, but oh my God, you want to have me throw me into a panic attack 
10 minutes late to a meeting and I'm, I'm, I'm like sweating. I, I think I now know a quicker way than Google maps does, which is never the case. Never works. It never so I works. get off at the exit and I can start speeding through residential neighborhoods. It's a, it's a, it's horrible when I, when I'm running late, but so I've been practicing mindfulness. I think it was about six, seven months at the time. And on just, I, I don't know if it was because I was practicing, but I, I was starting, I was 10 minutes late and I just, I took a deep breath. And, and what I found was that peace, that calm that I was able to establish in my practice was in my body during that moment of stress. So instead of freaking out and putting everybody's lives at risk and showing up even <laughs> later, I, I, I took a breath and I was like, you know what? <laughs> Nobody's gonna care if I'm 10 minutes late. I work in social services, no meetings start on time. And I knew like my friend Sue was gonna be at the meeting and she always shows up 25 minutes late. So, you know, it's like, who really cares, right? And so this is where it like practicing free throws. Now, when I get stressed out, what I can do, and you would never know I'm doing this, I'll take a, a, a five count inhale, a 10 count exhale, and when I feel stress rising in my body, I can get back on top of it like that. And so, so yeah, I practice mindfulness because I know it does a lot of great stuff for my mental health, my emotional health, social health, uh, medical health. But really where, where it does me good is things get stressful. I'm regulated, right? I catch myself sooner and all I got to do is take a breath, a breath you would never know I'm taking, and I'm back into that, that regulated state. I've trained my body and my mind to, with a breath, to get back into regulation. And that's where I think the free throw analogy um, sure. has really played out for me. So, yeah, well, yeah. And I mean, if you think about the, you know, everybody else, all of your interactions, stressful work call, got a deadline coming up that you're not prepared yeah. for. You've got, uh, you know, you're starting to get into it with your spouse, your significant other, yeah. your child you got two is- two young children at home who don't let you sleep. Yeah. Challenging, uh, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. Uh, yeah. Just having that moment of, of clarity to say, okay, there's a quick thing I can do to help regulate myself to where I can handle the situation as productively as possible. Right. And you remind yourself, you know, yeah, I really love these kids, right? right you know, that, oh, I kind of screwed up dinner, but nobody's probably going to notice. But, you know, it mm -hmm. just makes things less, you know, less stressful. I, I mean, it's the best way. I, I should have some epiphany to say <laughs> about 10 years of mindfulness practice. But, you know, it's just like, yeah, I just don't get as stressed out about as much stuff. Um, right. Things roll off That's me a little easier. Doesn't mean I don't have my days. I still have my days. But boy, if I've got to perform during those days, if I've got a presentation to give, I need to really rally. I'm there. I'm, I'm there with just a couple breaths at most. And I got myself, maybe I do coherent breathing if I'm sort of low energy, or I do the two to one breathing if I'm a little anxious. Um, and just that thing can get me in the state that I need to do to perform on whatever's in front of me. So for the business folks in the world, you know, they're listening to this mindfulness isn't just for mental health. It's, it's really about performance. Um, I have one of my favorite shows, um, and I know this is a lot in the business world, Billions. Uh, I love that show. And one of the things that I, I think of nonprofits, we are behind just because we don't have the money mostly is, 
you'll see a lot of these like Fortune 500 companies, tech companies, financial, they'll, they'll have, and this is what where Billions comes in, they have a mindfulness room, right? And they're not doing that because, oh, it's a nice thing to do. They're sure. doing that because the research, yeah, the research says is, hey, you're trading stocks all day. A 20-minute mindfulness session is going to make you better at trading stocks, better at coding. And so we actually see in the business world, and I know some nonprofits are, are trying to do this, that just money is uh, never as abundant, um, is that there's set aside time to practice mindfulness at work. I, I'd say working that somewhere into your days, you know, they're, they're obviously getting return on investment um, out of this because most jobs, emotional regulation and cognitive processing are pretty important, pretty important. To, to outcomes. So what do you think about the therapists, clinicians, all of those kind of folks, uh, many of them have already built this into their practice. And, you know, with HRV, now you've got a way to, again, quantify the effects of that. Yeah. And, you know, for the Absolutely. folks that have it, you know, now you understand the biology behind it and why it might make sense to figure out how you can be utilizing this with the people that you're, you're working with. Yep. And, and just like the free throw shooting, as, as you keep practicing, you should see improvements in your overall H, HRV trends. Now, those are going to be fairly small over time, your pre prefrontal cortex does not increase like blowing up a balloon. It's a gradual. You, you don't want to be a unicorn. <laughs> no, it's a gradual process of this. But then also, you can look at how different practices impact your HRV by doing the pre-post test uh, with the tags in the app. Um, you know, the, the great thing about mindfulness in today's world is, you know, one, it's free. Um, you know, that's you don't. It's I love how people are trying to like monetize fasting. Now that fasting's the big thing, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, you for I was going to sign up for this fasting app uh, because I was like, oh, I just want to. See. It's like, oh, it's only twenty bucks a month. I'm just like, I'm not going to pay twenty bucks a month not to eat, <laughs> right? I'm like, no, I, I I refuse to pay twenty bucks not to eat. So so there there are some really cool like there's Pretty simple uh, diet plan. Yep, that, but, but it's breathing. YouTube, Spotify has a lot of guided meditations. One that's really well-researched, something called loving-kindness meditation. Um, really great uh, work done with that. There, there's also, there are some good mindfulness apps out there. Most of them are very inexpensive. I know the Calm app, uh, which I've, I've used a little bit. I, I don't use a ton of technology when I'm practicing mindfulness. Uh, but I have in the past. So, you know, those sort of things. There's also biofeedback out there. Um, I'll, I'll give a plug. HeartMath does biofeedback based on heart rate variability. Um, they're real good. I've, I've used them in the past. I find them as working with our app. They, they kind of help you during the, the, your practice, and then we can track the pre-post pre with it. So, you know, there, there's some good things out there. You can bring technology into it. Uh, there's some video games now that incorporate mindfulness. Some, some are pretty cool. Um, you know, so so we're getting more and more at this, but you've got it all right here in your breath to, to do what, what you need to do and get all those great benefits. That has been super helpful. You know, again, for a novice, uh, somebody learning exactly what, what this means and, and why it matters. You certainly have... Uh, shed a lot of, of good information on the sub subject and yeah. 
once these kiddos get a little bit bigger, I'll definitely start <laughs> when I can find 10 minutes in the middle of the day. And, uh, and if you don't have 10, do, do five. five. Do so so here, here's, and I know your sleep is so, so I almost hesitate. I, I would, you know, and if you've listened to the sleep episode, really nothing better you can do than get a good night's sleep. The one reason I would set the alarm 10 minutes earlier is to get a mindfulness practice in. And that's after a lot of research. And I I wouldn't, I can't think about too many other things. I wouldn't wake up an hour early if you're only getting six hours or four hours of sleep a night to go to the gym, you know, because if you don't get sleep, you're at that deficit anyway. 10 minutes, maybe send that alarm or even before you go to bed. You know, the, the other thing, Jeff, too, is your, your kids are born into a time where you're going to come home one day and your daughter is going to be in her room practicing mindfulness. Um, she, she, her, yeah, my wife's already started incorporating that in. So I will be the third in the family to start. The, the one-year-old's the only one who hasn't started yet. So there, there, well, there, you can try, you can start there, you know. So he and I can start now. Yeah. It's not too late. <laughs> but yeah, so, so it's like the great thing is we've got this generation you know, my wife in her first grade class, mindfulness is integrated in through throughout the day. Now, sometimes it looks like breathing. Other times it looks like a yoga pose. Um, there's different things that she does, but, you know, it's integrated throughout the day. Now, she's not doing that just because it's a fun thing to do. She's doing that because what they're showing is this improves behaviors and academic performance. So again, this is, yeah, mindfulness. You can think about the Buddhist monks doing it. They do have the biggest prefrontal cortex I think we've ever seen in neurobiology. So, so yeah, they, they are kind of the rock stars of this world. But, you know, again, for mere mortals like you and I, 20 minutes seems to be a really good peak. Uh, I've heard some people pushing 40, but 20 minutes seems to be a peak. But if all you got is five, that's where I started. I just took a hundred deep breaths. Takes about five minutes to do. Do it, right? Just try to get a little bit in because if you practice free throws for five minutes a day um, versus nothing, you're still probably going to increase your percentage a few point when you get in that game and, you know, it's in the fourth quarter and it's a stressful situation. So, you know, if all you can do is five off the bat, do five. Yeah. So don't overthink this. Don't think you have to be perfect at mindfulness. Um, you if you do, you need it. to practice mindfulness because you'll learn to be a little bit kinder with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Excellent. Well, good stuff, Matt. Really appreciate it. Um, and one last item, just a reminder, I think, you know, the folks last week heard us Tell everybody that uh, we do have a new version of the app available. Um, right now, you do have to uninstall your current version and re-download re and install the new version. We'll have an automatic push coming out soon. But uh, for anybody that, that are currently using the Optimal HRV app, um, just wanted to remind you to, to go check out the new version. There's some cool upgrades and, and listen to the last last episode if you want to know what those are but for everybody really, else really cool upgrades <laughs> <laughs> for everybody else again thanks for your time attention uh really appreciate it um looking forward to next week when i've heard there's props but i've been there's promised that. we're doing diet i, I know i, I, I was that promised a that bit. i feel like i was promised that this week so. I, I know i know i was like well let's let's it's a good way to kind of wrap up the physical health i'll bring i'll bring all all the props and uh show you everything uh, that i put into my body and 
try to remember why I do it. So yes. <laughs> good stuff. Well, as always, thanks, Matt. And thanks everybody for listening. Have a good week. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you're interested in more information about HRV, please visit us at OptimalHRV.com. Also, if you visit OptimalHRV.com, you'll be able to sign up for our email list and download our free ebook, Healing with HRV. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next episode.